0: and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're talking to Daniel and we're going to talk about how to get a good board member or how to get on the board and especially how to do it when uh, you want to help SMEs and uh, entrepreneurs as well. And all things about recruitment, because of course, Daniel is a very well-known recruiter in the Swiss market. So thank you very
1: much for joining, Daniel. How are you today? Hey, Rudy. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, And thanks also for showing interest in what we're doing with Bordel and accordingly uh, how we're Looking to and starting to have a, a great impact on the uh, fintech scene and broader startup scene.
0: Brilliant! So let's give people a little bit of a background as well. How did you get to do what you do today, and what is it that you do apart from, as you mentioned, Borol and Dart, etc.?
1: Sure. My my career started in tech, actually, tech in banking, and I'm I'm very passionate about tech. But I did realize. Uh, uh, couple of years in that I'm more passionate about what you can do with tech rather than exactly how it's all, you know, screwed and bolted together. So I transitioned Quite quickly, uh, first into project management and then sales and then fell into executive search, which really ended up being my calling. So that was about 16 years ago. I set up my own company then about 12 years ago now, just over 12 years ago. And so this over those last 16 years, this sort of passion for humans and business has really just continued to evolve. And yeah, what are we doing today? Running Dart, which is a, an executive search firm focused um, entirely on financial services, investment management and fintech. And we launched Board Owl about two years ago, which uh, I'm sure we'll get to speak a little bit more about today, which is focused entirely on board members with a focus particularly on startups and uh, SMEs, but a little bit broader than that as well.
0: All right. So you mentioned Bored Owl and uh, you started this in March 2020 at the beginning of pandemic. So in Switzerland at least. So why have you decided to do something like this? (laughs) And what is it? (laughs)
1: Yeah, actually, now you mentioned the the timing of the pandemic, that was rather coincidental, but I have to say it probably accelerated our launch. So we've been thinking about it for quite a few years already, brainstorming and since checking the idea with a few people in the market, exactly how we would launch it. And then I guess, yeah, the pandemic was interesting timing because we'd just done our uh, pilot and things were starting to slow down quite a lot on uh, on the executive search side. So, it proved to be actually the perfect time for us to, to launch something that was much more online. How did we get to it? So, it really started with myself, I guess, as many business ideas too. Back in, if we rewind a little bit, it was probably about three or four years into me setting up the business. Uh, so, Dart, that is, it's probably year 2013, uh, 14. And I was really struggling to get on board some really top flight talents. I knew I wanted the business to get further than what many small little boutiques do get to. And I was really convinced, still am today, that the only way to get there is through getting the very best people in. And back then, startups were really not as cool or sought after as they are today. It was really regarded to be super high risk. Everyone I was speaking to was earning far too much money and was not willing to give that up. And uh, suddenly realized that actually you know, the very best that you get out of these people is doesn't require them to be working 100% for your company. In fact, you know, the most valuable thing is their knowledge, their expertise, their networks even. And if you're careful, you plan, you can actually pack that into several sessions per year and maybe the ad hoc session here and there. And so the idea of... Putting together a, a diverse board of experts from different sectors and spaces emerged and we set one up and it, it's had such a great impact on our business at Dart and, and we realized quite quickly that other businesses could benefit from this as well. We were in a particularly fortunate situation because coming from executive search, of course, we, we had a very deep network uh, of people across sectors um, who we could tap into and, and pull on board but many other companies do not. We also realized through our executive search work again, that there was a lot of individuals who were starting to get excited about new developments, particularly in tech, all these sort of emerging fintechs, but maybe lacking quite the sort of risk appetite that the founders themselves are, but nevertheless have a lot to contribute and want to. And there just wasn't enough flow in the market. So we, we set about creating something that was enable more companies in the markets to get access to people without having to, to spend the same money that the very large companies do on executive search firms with a very high touch approach, which, which can run into the, the hundreds of thousands per board appointment, but also to give a lot of those very skilled, high caliber talents much more opportunity and insights and, insight and you know, transparency into the board market so that they can take on more of these board opportunities and build their board careers. So that was it. So it's a
0: platform, right? So how does that work? So are you matching people just like on Tinder or, and they just swipe
1: <laughs> right? This is not a good board member or this
0: is a good one or how does that work?
1: The connection has been made, I have to admit. I mean, it's funny. And you know, I'll be honest, we, when we first started out on a shoestring, we were looking at ways in which we could, where we could perhaps adopt tech from. And so we did look at dating platforms because it's not too different. So in its heart, yeah, it's tech. And it's all about making as good a match as we possibly can. Now, what we've done is we've developed our own algorithm. Going back a step, we're, we're a membership platform. In its heart, yes, we are, we are matching people and companies. And we've developed this algorithm with which we can do to a very high degree of success. But we're also more than that. With membership, this membership model, we're able to eliminate the, the high costs um, that would normally occur. But we're also creating a community and we're providing education and also all of the resources that a, a company Or an individual might need in order to be able to embark on this journey
0: so you also mentioned that a lot of the people we have encountered earlier and probably still today are making far too much money they don't want to give it up but now there is a there is a trend that uh, people do understand that uh, it's good to have a side gig one way or another Mm -hmm. even if you're a senior executive and there could be a board seat of course if your employer allows it and uh, or maybe later on, if you are a free or freelancer, maybe, of course, there is more interest, but there's, there's still uh, potentially a little bit of a hesitation, because especially when it's about the first time you do it, that's maybe highly sought after, but board seats come with responsibilities. So what resources do you provide for first-time board members?
1: Yeah, you touched upon a very important point, Rudy, because you're right, they are very sought after. I think they come with a, a lot of cachet. A huge number of people want to have that board member thing on their CV. And the reality is many people do underestimate what that means and the, the liability and the responsibilities that come with a board seat. Now, we help people in that journey. So we provide workshops internally through Board Owl, sometimes also with partners. And we have uh, very high profile board members members and lawyers who who deliver those workshops to give people the insights into what they're letting themselves into before they do. We have a number of resources that we uh, provide as well, where people can read up on on in greater depth what it means. We also work with with one or two external partners, including a, a top flight business school for really a, a deeper courses to prepare them for and certify them for, uh, for board appointments. So I think that those are really the things that we do to help prepare them for a board seat but equally important and this is often overlooked and and to an extent was by us as well early on there is something in between right which is this advisory board seat and they have proven to be extremely attractive both to startups because they're a little bit less formal in their setup, but also to board members because there is no liability attached to them. So they're a great way for people to be able to contribute, add value, help shape the strategy of a firm without taking that risk that a board member might. So it can be seen as a stepping stone, but we also see some highly experienced corporate board members sometimes veering back into the advisory board space because It's more exciting. It's all about shaping strategy and not talking about regulatory impacts and things.
0: So advisory board could be a nice intelligent intermediate step. Now, obviously at some point startups do need a proper board member. So what constitutes a good
1: board member and a good board from your perspective or your experience? So I think on the member side, clearly what somebody joining a board should bring with them is if it's a corporate board level, is a good understanding and expert you know, an experience in in you know P and L, really understanding. The finances of a company and that kind of thing you can get from from a, a board course or a specific finance for board courses, or you will have gleaned throughout your career at, in senior management somewhere. The other thing is, I, I think it should be a good mix of general business acumen, but also specialist skills. So we're a big advocate for for diversity in boards for this diversity. I mean that in its broadest sense. There's the, diversity of background, skill, exposure, network, opinion, because even though it can lead to to disagreements sometimes, it always leads to better solutions in the end when you've got this uh, this sort of diverse view. And then it's really soft skills, right? It's, or or, uh, not soft skills, rather values and personality traits where I would say, the person needs to be a good communicator, they need to be direct, they should be respectful of others as well as the executive team, and above all, reliable and trustworthy, and last but not least, I would say involved. And this is where we've seen quite a quite a, yeah, a need where a lot of board members of, or, of long existing boards can be a little bit passive and just dial in for their sort of wine and dine, and this is what we're trying to change as well.
0: Of course, you mentioned there are some people who are opening their eyes into becoming a board member, and uh, especially early stage companies, they, they do need expertise, right? So it's about maybe the innovative approach matched with uh, gray hair. Sometimes people talk about that, right? Let's focus a little bit more on, on benefits for uh, people to flow into this idea and this, into this space. How does being a board member help uh,
1: somebody with their career? On multiple levels, I think it's incredibly enriching. So you get exposure to a far greater network, to different business practices and views of other high-caliber leaders you wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, It enables, and we touched upon this beforehand, um, perhaps slightly, but it also gives you insights into other sectors. So we see a lot of cross-sector appointments happening, firms realizing that actually they could learn very much from the expertise of a board member coming from a different sector. And conversely, that also gives that board member insights into a sector into which they were perhaps not previously exposed to. It can also give you an opportunity to test whether a startup life or uh, a different sector would be for you on more of an operational basis. So even in the, the case of Dart, we had somebody on our board for about five years who ended up actually joining our company as, as a partner and COO after having had this insight into how a small company really functions. And he came from a very large bank. And without that board exposure and that time spent with us and seeing the dynamics, the ups and downs, the uh, the challenges and the exciting parts, of course, he would never have made that move. Um, and then finally, I guess, if Within your So if you're continuing your executive career and are doing this alongside it, if part of your job is dealing with clients who could be business owners or part of the executive team of companies, there is no better way to get to know the trials and tribulations that your clients are dealing with, to feel what their needs might be, make you even better in your job.
0: So what types of companies are you focusing on when you're looking for board members? Are these SMEs, startups, large corporates? mature companies, and how do their requirements differ among those types?
1: I would say, so we, we focus on a broad range of uh, companies, but I would say the, the greatest traction that we have is with is with startups and, and smaller mid-sized enterprises. So of those that you mentioned, the only ones that we're really not covering at this moment are the large corporates, because I think they will continue to uh, to work with uh, very large executive search firms. They want that rubber stamp um, approval for any decision that they make, and they've got the money to spend um, on it. But we're focusing on startups and and SMEs. The difference between what they look for, there can be overlap, but I would say that with startups, the board or the advisory board can really be seen as an extension to their founder team. So essentially, we can help them become more investable because you're able to extend the skills that you have within your founder team and often they're they're pretty concentrated. It might be a few of you from the same kind of background, you've come up with an idea Fantastic idea, you want to bring it to market, but you're missing certain skills that you may not have within that team. Particular experience in maybe traditional banking or something, if you're working for a fintech, which can help you understand what it is that you're up against when you're trying to disrupt that industry. Or it might be more from finance, from fundraising, things like that. And when we're talking about small or mid sized enterprises, which in some cases may be very long standing, multi generational, uh, family owned businesses that have been very successful in the past they're looking more for ways to future-proof their businesses. Their business may have run for decades very successfully, but in this time where there's a huge amount of technological change happening and consumer behavior is changing, they can, they can find those you know, tech skills or even add somebody very young to their board who will help them shape their business and future-proof it. We've
0: got a lot of experience from board engagements. Can you share some of the lessons learned Again, I'm trying to look at it from a mind of somebody who wants to just try it, of course, they can try advisory route, or if they finally go into the board member route, this also brings certain liabilities and responsibilities potentially with it. So are there any lessons learned? What should you do as a board member or you should not do from your experience?
1: shoulds and should should nots i will focus on probably the process itself of exploring an opportunity and deciding whether to go for it or not and i think the what's really important is you go into that meeting or first interview very well prepared and you ask very direct questions what's really important is that you understand why you are being examined or considered for the board, what it is that the company is trying to achieve by adding you to the board. Are there certain dynamics, power dynamics within the board that the founder or the business owner is looking to change? Are they looking to add a particular skill set to the board that is currently missing so that you can really make a good assessment of whether you're, you're the right person for that or not and you need to be brutally honest with yourself and with the company about that. And then especially on corporate board level, you really need to you, you need to take your time and you need to ask for all of the materials in order for you to make a, an accurate assessment of whether, you know, the company is is in line with your values and some something that you can stand behind and take the risk on. Some of the lessons we've learned more broadly from these board board engagements are on a company level that they learn a huge amount um, from the people who come in. Most companies claim to have saved months or even years of trial of error by having the right people advise them. And founders and and C-level really appreciate the support and the sparring partners that they get. It feels less alone at the top. So you could say it even has a good good impact on their mental health and resilience. And all board members, really all of them who we have, whether in the past through our traditional search process, who we've appointed, or more recently over the last couple of years with Board Owl, always comment about how much they learn, not just from the other board members that they get to interact with and learn from, but also from the founders themselves and the challenges they face and how they deal with them
0: all right but if we paint a concrete scenario because a lot of the times of course startups don't work out what does that also mean technically that they go bankrupt and who is responsible in switzerland it's actually the board Mm -hmm. so how does that work in terms of liability and the insurance for the board members can you take out the director's insurance like you do in many countries for the mature companies does that also work for startups in switzerland
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there are solutions which are offered by most of the, most of the leading insurance companies, the director and officer, the DNO um, insurance. Now we're currently in talks with, with a couple of firms to be able to offer those services to our members at attractive prices. And that, just as it's mentioned, is normally done on company level, not on an individual level. It's a very good point that you raise, and it's something that we advise to all of members who end up joining a corporate board, that they should require the company that they are joining the board of to, to have such an insurance in place. To my knowledge, I don't think you can insure yourself as an individual board member across multiple companies, because the insurance company themselves want to make the uh, the risk analysis of the sector.
0: It would be paid by the company and uh, linked to the company in a way. Yeah. Yes. Understood. Okay. Also, what are you the most proud of since you started doing this? It's, uh, <laughs> it's been quite a journey in these challenging times, right? it has
1: yeah absolutely absolutely what I, what i am extremely proud of is that out of nothing we're now in a position where we're confirming 3 to 4 on average board appointments every month and and that just over just less than two years. So I, I, that's like a tenfold increase on what we were able to do on the traditional search side. And accordingly, that means that we are creating more transparency in the market. And there are we're, we're not just creating more transparency, but I think we're actually helping to create more board opportunities. And linked with that, we're not taking anything away from anyone, right? We're net creating something and having a positive impact on parts of the economy that were previously just not served. I think the we're not stealing anything from the large executive search firms. They're going to continue to serve their very big clients and book their big fees. But we're serving a part of the market that previously just didn't realize perhaps what the impact of a well put together diverse board could have on their businesses or couldn't afford it and we're also helping those individuals to basically lead more fulfilling careers beyond their executive careers into the into the you know startup world or into different sectors so that's what i'd say I'm, i'm very happy about
0: Brilliant. That's great. Now, what's the best way to reach out and find out more about Bordeaux? Of course, our
1: website, which we've just relaunched, actually, it's all new and shiny. So we'd welcome any feedback that people have. And that website is boardowl.com dot com. And all of us three co-founders, so Delphine, Sasha and I, we're featured up there and are reachable along all the normal channels, LinkedIn, email, as well as our advisory board members, our own, who are very involved in the business and very happy to provide people with insights into, uh, into the board space. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Daniel, and good luck to Bordeaux. Thanks. Really appreciate it. All the best.